Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It is, as usual, me, Matt, the mountain man, Travis. Wait, are you the mountain man or am I the mountain man? I am not the mountain man. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that you, Matt, are the mountain man. I haven't, uh, I don't know if you've noticed with how my facial hair works, but I haven't shaved in a little while. I wanted to know if there was anything there and I asked Anna what she thought about it and she said cat you look like a cat so you take mountain man i'll take so you have whiskers that's what she's saying but not a lot of them yeah they shoot in different directions um mountain man is way better it i i would just say don't let that become an identity thing for you it's not important but what i have why are you laughing and pointing at me while you say this (laughs) because i was trying to make a joke that won't it won't be possible to just listen to the joke. It's more of a got to be in the room kind of thing. <laughs> if you're listening to this, don't come say something about me being a cat. I'll take it back. But you want it. But here's the funny thing. She says that. You know that. But you're growing the mustache. Well, I thought she which was just means say that, that you there's something about it that you like. You like not being able to grow what a real man would be able to grow. (laughs) I had a conversation with Clint Harden yesterday and he was telling me uh, why he started growing a beard. And I said, I don't know if you can tell, but I haven't shaved in a little while. And he went, okay. And I said, I can't grow a beard. And he goes, sure you can. And for a split second, he didn't laugh or anything. Clint's a little sarcastic. So I thought he was joking with me for a split second. I had more hope. And growing a beard than I've probably ever had. It's not something that you need to think a lot about. It's just generally like it's it's a it's the sign of a man that you can grow a nice beard. Did you know there's a correlation generally between people who grow beards and and go bald? I would probably be fine with that because Gosh, like, if you're bald but you have a really cool beard, it, that's what I'm saying. Like you, I mean. So you just have a different look, you know. It's like, and you have less to take care of. You just wake up, take care of the beard and the hair on top. Who cares? You, but you do a lot of. I don't do anything to my hair. I, I know you wake. You up don't. With, I know you wake up with like a blow dryer, and that was mean. <laughs> this all hurts. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just kidding around. I don't know why that insults me. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, why does that? What is happening? <laughs> what I was going to start by asking was, what are you doing with the nice weather? And instead, I feel like I just dug a hole <laughs> hiding from the sun again. I'm actually surprised that one, like, stopped you. And I won't make that. Anytime, anytime that you find that you have hit a sore spot on a friend, you shouldn't keep going. So I don't, I don't want to keep that one up, Matt. I want to. I disagree. When you find, if it's a true friend, you find the sore spot. You you poke at it and then you give him a hug afterwards. Yeah, but that looked like that hit you, and I wasn't expecting that one to. I just would like to point out that a couple weeks ago you introduced me as a redheaded stepchild. It was <laughs> stating a fact. I don't know. I just, so anyways. I'm not trying to. We're getting towards the end of the school year, right? <coughs> yes. You got to do something fun today as the weather's getting warmer. I did. I got to go with Emma's second grade class to the to the zoo. Um, I about said Sedgwick County Zoo, but we're living in Wichita and you don't need to 
over name something. So yeah, we went to the zoo today with uh, with her second grade class and got to be a chaperone, which makes me a full on adult now. And uh, it was a blast. Got to walk around and. It's a cool day. Uh, they, I think we've done this each year with the kids with Franklin. Um, they, they. Uh, I think it's Earth. It's, Earth this day. is bad. It's Earth Day. Today's it's Earth, Earth day. day. It's the twentieth of uh, of April, and uh, so um, yeah, it was it was fun. We you get to go around and like they've got different projects around the zoo. Like you can take a plant home, stuff like that. So um, we get to see the animals. The plant or do you just- is that is that no they yeah. rule or yeah. is that a written yeah. rule? Yeah, they do. They do. They there's they give away lots of plants that come in uh, McDonald's cups. So uh, flowers. Okay. And they they give like vegetable plants and seeds and all that kind of stuff away. So pretty pretty cool. Favorite animal. I have I like a lot of the the uh, snakes. I hate snakes, I think but talked about I this. love to look at snakes. Yeah, it's because they're enslaved. They're so well. I <laughs> they can't do anything to you. Okay, it's the perfect place if you hate yeah, snakes. They're yeah, behind a glass door. You the, talk to them. I I am so fascinated by the gaboon viper. Do you know what this is? It's the real. They're short. Is it the one that looks like a leaf? But yes. Oh, I and they're they're mass they're they're like huge around, mm-hmm. and they're not very they're not like long snakes. So they almost are they're so wild looking. But they're and their their uh, color pattern is insane. Their heads are huge. Like straight up, it looks like its head looks like a leaf. Yes, and the whole pattern of of it the body me, looks it like makes a leaf. Me anxious every time, like I imagine stepping on that thing. And, yeah. So yeah. I mean that's that's fascinating. So. Well, cool. Um, yeah, it's good morning. What, what about yours? Did you get to be out in in the world today? And no, I had a lunch meeting in in uh, like ten minutes in. I had to apologize that I hadn't talked to anybody yet today. Like I I had my head down working on some stuff. Okay, uh, but I have I have interactions sometimes where I have to be like, sorry, I haven't talked. I just the only person I've talked to is uh, under the age of three so far. And then on and I have talked a little bit, and then I can't communicate or express myself, and it's just a circular and weird. Yeah. But no, I haven't been outside. Well, but that's I mean, if we, if we want to attack another part of me, it's probably good <laughs> I haven't been in the sun. <laughs> Save the sunburn for later. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. And this transitions into, as I am have to be indoor due to my complexion. You have just talked about how you stayed indoor and read a book, a book. Great transition. Thank you. Yes, I. Uh, I. Not that this is a a day to do a book review, but I thought why not talk a little bit about things we've been reading recently. I finished up um, this book called Deep Work by Cal Newport and Bobby Newport. <laughs> I knew that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so I, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It's a, it's an interesting take an interesting read. It's not a, it's not like a Christian book written by a Christian author or anything. It's, um, but it's one where, uh, Cal Newport did a lot of research on, 
on not really work habits, but the products that we create in our work and how we create it and all of those kinds of things. And so um, interesting to at least consider and think about as we are, are people who I think try to find a balance with work. And we're so busy, so extremely busy all the time. And uh, he, he makes the point in the book about our busyness really being around a lot of, um, uh, we do a lot of multitasking that at the end of the day, we're not super well connected to, we're doing it because we need to, have to, and we just kind of default into, you know, responding to email, responding to text messages, taking the phone call, you know, ordering. I mean, we're like, we're doing things now that you could, you know, you just like, it, you know, 20 years ago, it'd take you a little little while to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you can order your groceries online while you answer a friend's text about some some thing you're going to do over the weekend. And you can uh, send an email to, to your, like, uh, staff about something that's, you know, needed to be taken care of or what. I mean, like, just over and over and over again. Right. So uh, he, he makes the case that uh, we've gotten further and further away from doing deep work, and so we spend most of our time doing shallow work, hmm. which uh, I, I uh, wrote down. So here's the definition of shallow work is, uh, it, it, let me start with this. The definition of deep work is activity that's performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. Hmm. So deep work, I, I like to, when I'm reading through this book, I'm thinking through deep work being when I'm really locked in, say if I'm like writing a sermon or, or researching something, I, I can get lost in how much time it's actually taking me. I'm I'm I like I'm not like tracking. Oh, that was 15 minutes, or that was right. an hour, or whatever. Yeah, I can because I'm just really focused in on on mining the info, mm-hmm. and I'm really interested in it. And sometimes then I'm also like um, finding it difficult to narrow down and edit and all those kinds of things. And I and like time can just it doesn't matter because when I'm really honed in on is I'm pushing my capabilities to like pay attention and focus really to its limit. And, um, and I actually can sense myself coming out of deep work because I like come back to like reality in a mm-hmm. way where it's like, that's not the only thing that I'm thinking about. Right. You know, I was fixated on an idea for who, who knows how long and trying to like cut into it. Right. Um, so that being an example of deep work, you can see, but you see this in a lot of different ways, like somebody who's good with their hands can probably get really lost in uh, if they if they start to do a project around the house, right? If they're going to change their floorboards or they're going to put uh, new molding uh, around or something like that. If they're going to get into painting, if somebody's right, we can get we can get honed in. Our minds can get really focused on one central thing that we're just concentrating on. That mm-hmm. that is really deep work, and then you can't really shortcut that. Yeah. Um, the opposite is shallow work, where deep work is focused at your maximum cognitive function. Shallow work is logistical and administrative tasks and duties that can be done while distracted, that aren't usually creating new value and are easily replicated. 
things like, uh, you know, emailing and chatting and, you know, that kind of thing where we can do something where we can do a lot of things literally while we're distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses the example that what, what I like, probably what I, what I took from the book most was he used the example of a, a lot of the novels that that we've that have come, become more well known. So like C.S. Lewis books or J.R.R. Tolkien writing Lord of the Rings. Um, some of our, our greatest pieces of literature, greatest pieces of art that we still can like can cause like an emotional reaction out of us today were written by people who weren't in and out of deadlines and who weren't like put up against, hey, this needs to be done so your next project can come out. What are you going to do next? It was it was like people who were getting away in like a cabin by themselves and they all they and they had their imagination hmm. and they were really focused in for long periods of time on deep work hmm. um, and they were really connected to the work that they were doing because they felt the work was like coming out of what was happening in their life it was it was a picture of what was going on or something that they were wrestling with they yeah. were very aware and focused in and I, I think I can see where there's a real difference in the work that I do. Um, the difference, and sometimes the difference isn't a location. It's not like who's around. It's not. It is, am I doing, is this a deep work that I'm doing or is this a shallow work that I'm doing? Yep. Um, and, and obviously the work that I am most excited about is 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 the work that that happens at a at a deep work place. Hmm. So that's super interesting. Uh, disclaimer: I have not read this book. This resonates with a lot of my on a, on a more pessimistic view, like a lot of my complaints <laughs> in the world, even against myself. But like, there's the idea of deep work as you're explaining it is ca- it's counter to what we are inclined to do every day. Like we have there's an app for everything right right we can have our like (coughs) dopamine or serotonin hits from like just scrolling through social media and it's like you think of like uh what was the vine the app vine was like five seconds or less or something like that it's like kind of gets you like rolling like all right i can get i can get what i need it's that like microwave mentality um i had a uh, a manager that i had a job I worked for and he was, he's like in his forties and he, he said he, he once had a 17 year old kid or something like that come up to him. And, and I, I mean, unbeknownst to him, like this was incredibly rude, uh, hopefully unbeknownst to him. He said, he said, it's crazy that I'm smarter than you. This kid said to the 40 year old man, like, it's crazy that I'm, I'm smarter than you because I have or or I am smarter than you used to be when you were my age because I have Google in my pocket, mm. which is like not the most self-aware <laughs> sentence, yeah. first of all. Um, but it is fascinating that we we almost live in an age where it's that the the quantity over quality, like the fast hitting results. Like I I've heard a number of people. My my dad has always said this to me, like which is it's funny because he's hits Google like constantly throughout the day, <clears throat> but. Uh, I he's told me on a number of occasions like it is wild to realize that when I wanted to get information high school into college when I wanted to like learn about something like I had to 
physically pick myself up, go to a library, go through this process, find <coughs> find books on the subject, find the right book, extract the information. So like there's more invested when you get into deep work and when it's like, and I've heard you, I just heard you explain this before we hit record. Like it almost addresses the question, like, why are we so bad at like remembering things? Why, mm-hmm. why, why is it so why is it so easy for some of us to, and this is me speaking, not you, like to be apathetic and even like nihilistic about about things because it doesn't. It's all just surface level stuff for yeah. us. It's. I think it's the phenomenon of. Uh, it happens. It can happen almost almost weekly where I'm I'm I get into a Friday and we're kind of hitting a rest point and I'm like, what did I do this week? Everything. Yeah, no, that's but but I can't remember any of it. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, how did that happen? Did I do nothing this week? You know, it's like no, like I was, I'm tired. I feel like I was jam packed. You know, yeah. And and uh, but but I think the the desire for for me is um, one. I I admit that I'm really weak in this area mm-hmm. because I have I have done a couple of things i have valued getting a lot of things done in uh in in a day's time right Mm -hmm. and i'm like well i haven't done anything unless i've done a lot of things yeah and so um but i've done that to the point where i find it very difficult to give myself time to do deep work Mm -hmm. which is a whole other section of the book is like well there's recognizing that there's a problem here that all of your work is shallow and all of the things that you're doing are you're getting you're doing a lot of things but you're not necessarily connected to everything it's like it's in the same the same can probably be said in relationships in my life where i have a lot of relationships in my life but how connected am i to either, to those relationships mm-hmm. how deep are they um I, I i so i think this layers on a lot of different places i i can have a I can have a shallow relationship with God mm-hmm. where I uh, am like he's on he's on a list of things, you know, or I can have a deep relationship with God. But it's not going to be deep if I'm not using my cognitive ability to really focus in and think about my relationship with God. If I'm not using my cognitive ability to think about my relationship with people and my relationship with work. So so for me, it's like this this the book is so true about our work, but I think, I think it was hitting on something that's actually, um, it, it goes, uh, further to our core and, Mm -hmm. and how we actually live our lives and, uh, how connected we are to, to ourselves. I used, uh, I used this in a a sermon. I was, I, I listened to an interview one time with Post Malone Mm -hmm. and, um, (laughs) it's, it's, Sounds so uneducated when I, when I. Anyways, the point is this. He. You mean you mean the, Aristotle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, musician, you know, kind of crazy partier type uh, guy, right? And he's being asked about how his life is going. He was, and he was talking about there was there was there was a there was an element of the interview that was about substance abuse and like drugs and alcohol and like. And and I found it fascinating because he he said that he um, was uh, he came to this place of kind of a crisis mm-hmm. 
And he, and he said, it was wild because I came to this place of a crisis when I was really kind of on top of the world. I had multiple, you know, hits and I had this like, you know, I'm, I'm being, I'm flown all over the world to perform and like, I'm as famous as I, I could have ever dreamed. Mm And, um, and yet I'm sitting in these rooms, uh, you know, partying and I came to this place where I was like, um, I, I felt disintegrated from my life and I thought was well, so what he means is that he would be like sitting in the room but he felt like it wasn't really him in the room he felt disassociated from his right, right. from his life he was like this person that's here that's me is not me and and I and I so he's like I'm, I'm not I'm not like fully connected to everything that I'm doing I'm I'm pr- I'm present of body, but my mind and my heart aren't here actively participating. And he's like, this became like a, an existential crisis for me. Sure. And I think that, um, that's easier to get to. It doesn't have to be like you, you've got the world at your fingertips and you realize like you've really squandered it. I think it's when we, when we get done with the busy week and we feel disconnected from our work, from our family, from our friends, from our God, Part of that is because we've spent time kind of in the shallow doing lots of things without really using all of our cognitive ability to be present in the things we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, this makes me think about, <coughs> we've, we've talked about rest and, um, and, and Sabbath and everything. This, it, this hits home for me because Anna and I, especially when we lived in Manhattan, we had like this mentality as the school year and we worked with, we were around college students most of the time. So we had like, five four or five months in a row where we basically were like head down go give ourselves a day a day and a half every week to kind of slow down and just try and reset and then we had these breaks summer break winter break don't talk to anybody basically so we just we would just work ourselves excuse me work ourselves to the point where we we were like all right now we recover and we still fall into this trap but i i remember very distinctly we lived in a, a third story apartment and we would just to recover from the week would just turn on TV all day. And it's this I I had this idea. We both had this idea that like if we just shut everything down, then everything else would get healed. And what really what we needed is like this is a we had a, sh- a shallow a shallow mm-hmm. view a, a a thin view of like how to heal that. Mm. I've heard uh, a couple interviews recently. Actually, I think one with a one with a psychologist, one with a, a neuroscientist, which does which sounds really <coughs> impressive until you realize what I was doing was sitting in a room by myself, clicking on YouTube reels. <laughs> but yeah. one was uh, the the question was how do we pick up a new hard talent as we get older? It's like you can't teach old dogs new tricks. And like as I'm getting older, the more I'm realizing like oh that's that feels very real to me yeah and then the uh, neuroscientist said here's what you can do you want to spike your adrenaline levels so what you want to do is like cold bath uh do something crazy and then go start playing the piano so like Mm -hmm. we want these hacks to try and figure it out Mm -hmm. which say what you want about that and then the psychologist said if you want to uh if you want to rem- <coughs> remember something, 
Like you want something to stick with you. He said, he said in this, this phrasing, I remember very distinctly, he said, you need to assign value to it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to remember something, his, again, it's kind of like a, like a life hack idea yeah. was you, you repeat it to yourself. You want to memorize a quote, you want to memorize a Bible verse, whatever, like you quote it and then you almost bring yourself to a point where you're like, this has emotional value in my life, yeah. which is really fascinating. But I think it speaks to, even as you're saying, I think it speaks to something deeper. It's that we don't regularly have access to that as a people, yeah. that that deep work. Instead of like, I am, like, even just speaking into, like, follow me, Jesus, like Christians of of centuries past, like, we meditate and slow down and spend time with God. And like, that is how we find our relationship with him is abiding in him, making our home, dwelling, staying with him. Instead, it's like, how do I remember this Bible verse? Okay. I get a, a, a three by five note card and put it in my, my backpack. Or like I, I get a, 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 a wristband and I've got the letters. Like it's none of these things are bad things, but it's like it, we've almost disconnected from this idea of like, right. no, I just sit in it. Yeah, and I feel that idea of like having to get stuff done all the time, and that's what distracts me a lot. Yeah, no, I th- I think that also speaks to um, there's a there's a there's something about my I, I I never used to think of myself as a creator or an artist, and I still I don't I don't think of myself in that way, but I think that every single human being is designed by the creator. Mm-hmm. has like we have this desire to create yep and it could be create art could be create and write like writing um writing stories writing poems uh writing music creating music um it, it could be people who like love to like i mean we you you wouldn't necessarily initially put this in but like somebody who loves to decorate their home what are they doing they're creating a a, right. a feel and a and a, a culture you know inside their home and landscapers create something outside that we look at when we drive by a home or a business and um and 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 each of those people can be particular about certain things right um i like to my my yard is you know weeds and grass and everything else right but I love to mow and, and I'm particular probably about like wanting it to be a certain length and wanting it edged. And I like the way that that, mm-hmm. so that's something in me that's kind of creating. And, and I, I think we've, we've lost the art of being artistic in some level because we think like artistic people are the ones and we've, we've put art into like two categories, like painting or singing or, or whatever it may be, or, or you can design something when, when really like, there's a level of this deep work thing that is we we need an outlet for us to fully push our cognitive abilities to even create something so in my work if i'm just doing detail oriented um multitasking checking things off the list constantly just boom 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 from thing to thing to thing to thing meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting and i'm not like having what i would call like a whiteboard session where i'm creating an idea or a thought or a or a, 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 a you know something about a ministry or even creating my calendar for the next month um i i am you know burning out i'm slowly just living in the shallow area and not fully connected to everything like god has 
wired me for and wants me to do. And I feel that's part of why I feel I can at times feel disconnected because I'm not using that part of me. You, you said earlier about like this, um, having this um, the hobby. You know, we have hobbies when we're younger and we kind of lose them when we get older. Mm-hmm. Well, hobbies are around that whole thing like of, of uh, what we enjoy doing that we kind of can focus in on. Um, yeah. That is interesting. Sometimes I think hobbies now, which is, yeah, just requires more thought on my end and and meditating on it. But when I think hobbies as an adult, I think of things that are mindless. Like I think of things that are recovery. So if I think like a hobby would be reading like a challenging book, for me I'm like, no. I'm going to throw on like something dumb on Netflix. And in that, like, it almost mm. it like takes your brain instead of it being a recovering thing. Yeah. It takes it. It brings it kind of like sits me on the surface, and nothing ever happens. Rather yeah. than if I went out and tried to do something more more challenging that, right. that pushed a different part of my brain. Yeah. Or even just went on a walk and didn't have a headphone, like a headphone in my ear. Which that, yeah. Yeah. Which was weird. So he he uses he goes in and he researches uh, current workspaces like Google and Facebook and these trendy places that have turned their offices into like they we've done away with cubicles and separate offices and now like we work in these massive work rooms you know mm-hmm. where everyone and the and the value is collaborating and it's been that way for years and and he's like but like what we lose in the collaborating piece if that's all we are is we lose that time to sit alone and really put all of our focus into an idea, a thought to prepare us for the discussion around collaboration. And I I think there's something innate in that that's in us too, where we just, we don't like being alone. Mm -hmm. We don't want to run with our thoughts and we don't want to sit and ponder and think through some of the bigger things in life at times. And, um, we just kind of fall into a default of over and over and over again, people over and over again, you know, that, so I thought, I think that's, that's an interesting component to his book as well hmm. that correlates to yes. Community for us is essential. We have to have community. Um, but there's also an, a, a level of, but we do need to sit and ponder our walk with Jesus. We need to sit like Jesus does yeah. and pray and, and and build that part of our life, that intimacy with God, that is that is really important. And it and to be intimate with God means that we have to use our cognitive ability and focus and be undistracted. Mm-hmm. That that many of us are like sometimes I I think that people have like said, well God is, you know, time alone with God or or whatever. It's 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 um, I can't sit and be quiet or I can't just read my Bible and move on. It's like, well, part of, part of the reason is because we sit and we have all of the options in front of us and we don't get ourselves to actually push through that barrier of distraction to just be focused in and just give God our heart and our mind. And yeah. Well, and that's also a part of the intimidation of picking up a hobby when you're old. (coughs) It's because you can't do it. And what we want to do is things that we're good at. Yeah. And like, not to get into like the, the, the psychiatric part of it, but like that's also like that 
that's the thing that imprisons us sometimes is that our incapacity to like step out of our our boundaries that we've built up so the idea that like i can't do that is like yeah most of us can't by nature yeah for me as you're talking what's <laughs> convicting and challenging is um like you i am a uh a breadth of information where there's always things coming in and mm-hmm. always things coming out. What I don't, and sometimes I can, I can make that seem like I'm doing things that are deeper. And instead I, I just stack a lot of weight on the surface and I don't actually slow down and go, all right, God, how does this affect my soul? Mm, yeah. What do you want to do with this? Instead it's like, yep, I read, I'm reading through the book of Luke. I got a, a chapter done. I, I asked a question about the, like, what does this word mean? And right. then I move on. Yeah. Or like I meet with somebody, I have a conversation with a friend, and we have some, some good interaction, and then I set it down and I walk away rather than continuing to like pray for this person and think about ways that I can love them and serve them and what they said that can affect my life and what God wants to do. It's just this, And it's also it's, it's daunting and intimidating because it, I think we are, we are deeper than mm-hmm. we want to know. And that Post Malone like interaction I think is a significant one because like his desire more likely than not was to have these things and Mm -hmm. once he has them he's like there's so much more to me which is a C.S. Lewis C.S. Lewis has a quote where he says like uh gosh what did he say he uses like different areas in nature like if a if a if a man desires uh, romance, like there's a there's such thing as a woman. If there's uh, if if a, a fish desires water, there's such thing as an ocean. And he says like if there's something within me that longs for something more, something eternal, then then if we're following that law of logic, then like there is something deeper mm. that I should be longing after and chasing after. Yeah, that's that's good. That's that that makes um, that correlates really well. He he also puts in lots of uh, really kind of practical uh, wisdom when it comes to the way in which we work, which which I thought I mean resonates with me. He talks about putting principles on things like tech, like t- the technology that we use, um, hmm. and putting principles on the beginning and end of a workday, um, and and. When you say principles, you're talking like boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Creating basically, he he just encourages like creating your own principles hmm. that you are using to help you stay in a place of deep work. When not not all of your work is going to be deep. There's there is shallow work isn't seen as uh, like a negative in a in the sense of like hey you you know you're an idiot for doing shallow work. It's shallow work is there's a time and a place for it. But what he's saying is it's that's all we are doing right now hmm. is just like shallow work that we're not ever getting to a place of deep work. And as always like to, to do that, you're going to have to kind of kick against probably some bad habits. There's probably going to be a time of pushing through some pretty tough walls. Um, and there's going to be some vulnerability that just, it just feels weird and, and mm-hmm. awkward. And, um, and so to do that though, it's like what you were saying before creating value, for deep work and saying, what would my life look like six months down the road if I set, you know, a good chunk, like a good chunk of my week for, for the deep work? Mm -hmm. What would my life look like if I picked up the hobby that wasn't just mindless, but was like, it was requiring my, like my focus and attention. How would it, how would it reshape or 
reorient my life and um so there and there would be some things on the table that would be you you know all of us say we don't we don't none of us have time right so we're gonna have to give up right you got prioritized yeah and so for me like this comes down to uh, at the end of my day, I like I do like to be mindless, and so I like to turn like the office on and like watch it. Um, but that means, which is funny because it has value in your mind because you can quote it, right? <laughs> but that means that I I may not read those extra pages in the book that I need to. So it costs me something, yeah. right? And uh, and once I do that over and over and over again, it costs me a whole lot because that. That done over time is like, let's say I'm going to read 15 pages, you know, each day in this book, and I choose to make the office or a show or whatever mindless activity instead the higher value, then the cost at the end of that is, well, I gained quotes and relatability, mm-hmm. but I but I lost the edification of what I might what I, what I might have gained. Had I taken this in, or and you can extrapolate that to lots of different right disciplines. So, good book, definitely worth checking out. If if this Deep strikes work. a chord, Deep I'm Work by Bobby Newport by Cal Newport, C A L Newport. Check it out. Cool.